chapter eight of the life of washington volume two by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eight general washington commences his march to the delaware takes measures for checking burgoyne british army lands at elk river general washington advances to brandywine retreat of maxwell defeat at brandywine slight skirmish near the white horse and retreat to french creek general wayne surprised general howe takes possession of philadelphia removal of congress to lancaster seventeen seventy seven july general washington commences his march to the delaware on receiving intelligence that the british fleet had sailed from new york the american army commenced its march to the delaware about the time of its departure a letter from sir william howe directed to general burgoyne at quebec was delivered to general putnam by the person who had received it as was said for the purpose of carrying it to quebec and was transmitted by putnam to the commander-in-chief in this letter general howe said that he was exhibiting the appearance of moving to the southward while his real intent was against boston from whence he would co-operate with the army of canada this stratagem entirely failed general washington at once perceived that the letter was written with a design that it should fall into his hands and mislead him with respect to the views of the writer he takes measures for checking burgoyne while the utmost vigilance and judgment were required to conduct the operations of the army under the immediate command of general washington the transactions in the north were too vitally interesting not to engage a large share of his attention he not only hastened the march of those generals who were designed to act in that department and pressed the governors of the eastern states to reinforce the retreating army with all their militia but made large detachments of choice troops from his own thus weakening himself in order to strengthen other generals whose strength would be more useful the fame of being himself the leader of the victorious army did not with false glare dazzle his judgment or conceal the superior public advantage to be derived from defeating the plans of burgoyne on the thirtieth of july all doubts respecting the destination of the british fleet were supposed to be removed by its appearance off the capes of delaware and orders were immediately given for assembling the detached parts of the army in the neighborhood of philadelphia scarcely were these orders given when the aspect of affairs was changed and they were countermanded an express from cape may brought the information that the fleet had sailed out of the bay of delaware and was proceeding eastward from this time no intelligence respecting it was received until about the seventh of august when it appeared a few leagues south of the capes of delaware after which it disappeared and was not again seen until late in that month the fact was that on entering the capes of delaware the difficulties attending an attempt to carry his fleet up that bay and river determined general howe to relinquish his original design and to transport his army to the chesapeake contrary winds prevented his gaining the mouth of that bay until the sixteenth of august the several divisions of the army 
were immediately ordered to unite in the neighborhood of philadelphia and the militia of pennsylvania maryland delaware and the northern counties of virginia were directed to take the field british fleet comes up the chesapeake and lands an army under sir william howe at elk river the british fleet after entering the chesapeake sailed up it with favorable winds and entered elk river up which the admiral proceeded as high as it was safely navigable and on the twenty fifth of august the troops were landed at the ferry the british army at its disembarkation has been generally computed at eighteen thousand men they were in good health and spirits admirably supplied with all the implements of war and led by an experienced general of unquestionable military talents general washington advances to brandywine the day before sir william howe landed the american army marched through philadelphia and proceeded to the brandywine the divisions of green and stephen were advanced nearer to the head of elk and encamped behind white clay creek congress had directed general smallwood and colonel girt to take command of the militia of maryland who had been ordered by general washington to assemble near the head of the bay the militia of the lower counties of delaware commanded by general rodney were directed also to assemble in the british rear and to cooperate with those of maryland colonel richardson's continental regiment which had been stationed on the eastern shore was ordered to join this corps the militia of pennsylvania commanded by major-general armstrong were united with the main body of the army great exertions were used to bring them promptly into the field and they came forward generally with some degree of alacrity although the numbers required by congress did not assemble more appeared than could be armed the real strength of the american army cannot be accurately stated it was estimated by sir william howe at fifteen thousand including militia and this estimate did not far exceed their real total as exhibited by the returns but it is a fact attributable in some degree to the badness of their clothing and scarcity of tents and in some degree to the neglect of the commissary department to provide those articles of food which contribute to the preservation of health that the effective force was always far below the total number the effectives including militia did not exceed eleven thousand morgan's regiment of riflemen having been detached to the northern army a corps of light infantry was formed for the occasion the command of which was given to general maxwell this corps was advanced to iron hill about three miles in front of white clay creek the cavalry consisting of four regiments amounting to about nine hundred men including persons of every description were employed principally on the lines lord cornwallis attacks maxwell's corps and compels them to retreat one division of the british army commanded by sir william howe in person had taken post at elkton with its van advanced to gray's hill general Niphausen, with a second division had crossed the ferry and encamped at cecil court house he was directed to march up on the eastern side of the river and to join sir william howe seven or eight miles south of christiana the intention to make this movement being disclosed by the preparatory arrangements general washington advised maxwell to post a choice body of men in the night on an advantageous part of the road in order to annoy him on his march 
in the morning of the third of september the two divisions under lord cornwallis and general kniphausen moved forward and formed a junction at pencader or atkins tavern where they encamped in their way the column led by lord cornwallis fell in with and attacked maxwell who retreated over white clay creek with the loss of about forty killed and wounded september five the whole american army except the light infantry took a position behind red clay creek on the road leading from the camp of sir william howe to philadelphia on this ground the general thought it probable that the fate of philadelphia and of the campaign might be decided and he resorted to all the means in his power to encourage his troops and stimulate them to the greatest exertions september eight on the eighth of september the british army was again put in motion the main body advanced by newark upon the right of the americans and encamped within four miles of that place extending its left still farther up the country meanwhile a strong column made a show of attacking in front and after manoeuvring some time halted at milton within two miles of the centre september nine general washington was soon convinced that the column in front was designed only to amuse while the left should effect the principal and real object believing that object to be to turn his right and cut off his communication with philadelphia he changed his ground and crossing the brandywine early in the night took post behind that river at chad's ford general maxwell was advanced in front and placed advantageously on the hill south of the river on the road leading over the ford the militia under general armstrong were posted at a ford two miles below chad's and the right extended some miles above with a view to other passes deemed less practicable in this position general washington attended the movements of the adverse army in the evening howe marched forward in two columns which united early the next morning at kennett square after which he advanced parties on the roads leading to lancaster to chad's ford and to wilmington the armies were now within seven miles of each other with only the brandywine between them which opposed no obstacle to a general engagement this was sought by howe and not avoided by washington it was impossible to protect philadelphia without a victory and this object was deemed throughout america and especially by congress of such magnitude as to require that an action should be hazarded for its attainment in the morning of the eleventh soon after day information was received that the whole british army was in motion advancing on the direct road leading over chad's ford the americans were immediately under arms and placed in order of battle for the purpose of contesting the passage of the river skirmishing soon commenced between the advanced parties and by ten maxwell's corps with little loss on either side was driven over the brandywine below the ford kniphausen who commanded this column paraded on the heights reconnoitred the american army and appeared to be making dispositions to force the passage of the river a skirt of woods with the river divided him from maxwell's corps small parties of whom occasionally crossed over and kept up a scattering fire by which not much execution was done at length one of these parties led by captains wagner and porterfield engaged the british flank guard very closely killed a captain with ten or fifteen privates drove them out of the wood and were on the point of taking a field piece the sharpness of the skirmish soon drew a large body of the british to that quarter 
and the americans were again driven over the brandywine about eleven in the morning information reached general washington that a large column with many field pieces had taken a road leading from kennett square directly up the country and had entered the great valley road down which they were marching to the upper fords of the brandywine this information was given by colonel ross of pennsylvania who was in their rear and estimated their numbers at five thousand men on receiving this information washington is said to have determined to detach sullivan and lord sterling to engage the left division of the british army and with the residue of his troops to cross chad's ford in person and attack Knipphausen. before this plan could be executed counter-intelligence was received inducing an opinion that the movement of the british on their left was a feint and that the column under lord cornwallis after making demonstrations of crossing the brandywine above its forks had marched down the southern side of that river to reunite itself with Knipphausen. not long after the first communication was made by colonel ross information was received from colonel bland of the cavalry which produced some doubt respecting the strength of this column he saw only two brigades but the dust appeared to rise in their rear for a considerable distance a major of the militia came in who alleged that he left the forks of the brandywine so late in the day that it was supposed lord cornwallis must have passed them by that time had he continued his march in that direction and who asserted that no enemy had appeared in that quarter some light horsemen who had been sent to reconnoitre the road returned with the same information the uncertainty produced by this contradictory intelligence was at length removed and about two in the afternoon it was ascertained that the column led by lord cornwallis after making a circuit of about seventy miles had crossed the river above its forks and was advancing in great force a change of disposition was immediately made the divisions commanded by sullivan sterling and stephen took new ground advanced farther up the brandywine and fronted the british column marching down that river the division commanded by wayne remained at chad's ford to keep Knipphausen in check in which service maxwell was to cooperate green's division accompanied by general washington in person formed a reserve and took a central position between the right and left wings the divisions detached against lord cornwallis formed hastily on an advantageous piece of ground above birmingham meeting-house with their left near the brandywine and having both flanks covered by a thick wood the artillery was judiciously posted and the disposition of the whole was well made unfortunately sullivan's division in taking its ground made too large a circuit and was scarcely formed when the attack commenced the american army defeated at brandywine and retreat to chester on perceiving the americans the british army was formed in order of battle and about half past four the action began it was kept up warmly for some time the american right first gave way and by its flight exposed the flank of the remaining divisions to a galling fire the line continued to break from the right and in a short time was completely routed the right wing made some attempts to rally but being briskly charged again broke and the flight became general on the commencement of the action on the right general washington pressed forward with green to the support of that wing but before his arrival its rout was complete and he could only check the pursuit for this purpose the tenth virginia regiment commanded by colonel stevens and a regiment of pennsylvania commanded by colonel stewart neither of which had been in action were posted advantageously on the road taken by the defeated army the impression made by the fire of these regiments 
and the approach of night induced sir william howe after dispersing them to give over the pursuit when the american right was found to be fully engaged with lord cornwallis Niphausen made real dispositions for crossing the river chad's ford was defended by an entrenchment and battery with three field pieces and a howitzer after some resistance the work was forced and the defeat of the right being known the left wing also withdrew from its ground the whole army retreated that night to chester and the next day to philadelphia the loss sustained by the americans in this action has been estimated at three hundred killed and six hundred wounded between three and four hundred principally the wounded were made prisoners as must ever be the case in new raised armies unused to danger and from which undeserving officers have not been expelled their conduct was not uniform some regiments especially those which had served the preceding campaign maintained their ground with the firmness and intrepidity of veterans while others gave way as soon as they were pressed the authors of a very correct history of the war speaking of this action say a part of their troops among whom were particularly numbered some virginia regiments and the whole corps of artillery behaved exceedingly well in some of the actions of this day exhibiting a degree of order firmness and resolution and preserving such a countenance in extremely sharp service as would not have discredited veterans some other bodies of their troops behaved very badly the official letter of sir william howe stated his loss at rather less than one hundred killed and four hundred wounded as the americans sustained very little injury in the retreat this inequality of loss can be ascribed only to the inferiority of their arms many of their muskets were scarcely fit for service and being of unequal calibre their cartridges could not be so well fitted and consequently their fire could not do as much execution as that of the enemy this radical defect was felt in all the operations of the army from the ardour with which the commander-in-chief had inspired his troops before this action it is probable that the conflict would have been more severe had the intelligence respecting the movement on the left of the british army been less contradictory raw troops changing their ground in the moment of action and attacked in the agitation of moving are easily thrown into confusion this was the critical situation of a part of sullivan's division and was the cause of the rights breaking before green could be brought up to support it after which it was impossible to retrieve the fortune of the day but had the best disposition of the troops been made at the time which subsequent intelligence would suggest the action could not have terminated in favour of the americans their inferiority in numbers in discipline and in arms was too great to leave them a probable prospect of victory a battle however was not to be avoided the opinion of the public and of congress demanded it the loss of philadelphia without an attempt to preserve it would have excited discontents which in the united states might be productive of serious mischief an action though attended with defeat provided the loss be not too great must improve an army in which not only the military talents but even the courage of officers some of them of high rank remain to be ascertained among the wounded was the marquis de la fayette and brigadier-general woodford the battle of brandywine was not considered as decisive by congress the general or the army the opinion was carefully cherished that the british had gained only the ground and that their loss was still more considerable than had been sustained by the americans congress appeared determined to risk another battle for the metropolis of america far from discovering any intention to change their place of session they passed vigorous resolutions for reinforcing the army 
and directed general washington to give the necessary orders for completing the defences of the delaware september twelfth from chester the army marched through darby over the schuylkill bridge to its former ground near the falls of that river general green's division which having been less in action was more entire than any other covered the rear and the corps of maxwell remained at chester until the next day as a rallying point for the small parties and straggling soldiers who might yet be in the neighborhood having allowed his army one day for repose and refreshment general washington recrossed the schuylkill and proceeded on the lancaster road with the intention of risking another engagement sir william howe passed the night of the eleventh on the field of battle on the succeeding day he detached major-general grant with two bear brigades to concord meeting-house and on the thirteenth lord cornwallis joined general grant and marched towards chester another detachment took possession of wilmington to which place the sick and wounded were conveyed to prevent a sudden movement to philadelphia by the lower road the bridge over the schuylkill was loosened from its moorings and general armstrong was directed with the pennsylvania militia to guard the passes over that river on the fifteenth the american army intending to gain the left of the british reached the warren tavern on the lancaster road twenty-three miles from philadelphia intelligence was received early next morning that howe was approaching in two columns it being too late to reach the ground he had intended to occupy washington resolved to meet and engage him in front september sixteenth both armies prepared with great alacrity for battle the advanced parties had met and were beginning to skirmish when they were separated by a heavy rain which becoming more and more violent rendered the retreat of the americans a measure of absolute necessity the inferiority of their arms never brought them into such imminent peril as on this occasion their gunlocks not being well secured their muskets soon became unfit for use their cartridge boxes had been so in artificially constructed as not to protect their ammunition from the tempest their cartridges were soon damaged and this mischief was the more serious because very many of the soldiers were without bayonets after a slight skirmish compelled again to retire cross the schuylkill and proceed to french creek the army being thus rendered unfit for action the design of giving battle was reluctantly abandoned and a retreat commenced it was continued all the day and great part of the night through a cold and most distressing rain and very deep roads a few hours before day the troops halted at the yellow springs where their arms and ammunition were examined and the alarming fact was disclosed that scarcely a musket in a regiment could be discharged and scarcely one cartridge in a box was fit for use this state of things suggested the precaution of moving to a still greater distance in order to refit their arms obtain a fresh supply of ammunition and revived the spirits of the army the general therefore retired to warwick furnace on the south branch of french creek where ammunition and a few muskets might be obtained in time to dispute the passage of the schuylkill and make yet another effort to save philadelphia the extreme severity of the weather had entirely stopped the british army during two days general howe made no other movement than to unite his columns from french creek general wayne was detached with his division into the rear of the british with orders to join general smallwood and carefully concealing himself in his movements to seize every occasion which this march might offer of engaging them to advantage meanwhile general washington crossed the schuylkill at parker's ferry and encamped on both sides of perkiami creek september nineteenth 
general wayne surprised and after a sharp action compelled to retreat general wayne lay in the woods near the entrance of the road from darby into that leading to lancaster about three miles in the rear of the left wing of the british troops encamped at tidruffin where he believed himself to be perfectly secure but the country was so extensively disaffected that sir william howe received accurate accounts of his position and of his force major-general gray was detached to surprise him and effectually accomplished his purpose about eleven in the night of the twentieth his pickets driven in with charged bayonets gave the first intimation of gray's approach wayne instantly formed his division and while his right sustained a fierce assault directed a retreat by the left under cover of a few regiments who for a short time withstood the violence of the shock in his letter to the commander-in-chief he says that they gave the assailants some well-directed fires which must have done considerable execution and that after retreating from the ground on which the engagement commenced they formed again at a small distance from the scene of action but that both parties drew off without renewing the conflict he states his loss at about one hundred and fifty killed and wounded the british accounts admit on their part a loss of only seven when the attack commenced general smallwood who was on his march to join wayne a circumstance entirely unexpected by general gray was within less than a mile of him and had he commanded regulars might have given a very different turn to the night but his militia thought only of their own safety and having fallen in with a party returning from the pursuit of wayne fled in confusion with the loss of only one man some severe animadversions on this unfortunate affair having been made in the army general wayne demanded a court-martial which after investigating his conduct was unanimously of opinion that he had done everything to be expected from an active brave and vigilant officer and acquitted him with honor september twenty one having secured his rear by compelling wayne to take a greater distance sir william howe marched along the valley road to the scutchel and encamped on the bank of that river from the fatland fort up to french creek along the front of the american army to secure his right from being turned general washington again changed his position and encamped with his left near but above the british right washington marches to potts grove september twenty two general howe now relinquished his plan of bringing washington to another battle and thinking it advisable perhaps to transfer the seat of war to the neighborhood of his ships determined to cross the scutchel and take possession of philadelphia in the afternoon he ordered one detachment to cross at fatland ford which was on his right and another to cross at gordon's ford on his left and to take possession of the heights commanding them these orders were executed without much difficulty and the american troops placed to defend these fords were easily dispersed this service being effected the whole army marched by its right about midnight and crossing at fatland without opposition proceeded a considerable distance towards philadelphia and encamped with its left near swedes ford and its right on the manatawney road having stony run in its front it was now apparent that only immediate victory could save philadelphia from the grasp of the british general whose situation gave him the option of either taking possession of that place or endeavoring to bring on another engagement if therefore a battle must certainly be risked to save the capital it would be necessary to attack the enemy 
public opinion which a military chief finds too much difficulty in resisting and the opinion of congress required a battle but on a temperate consideration of circumstances washington came to the wise decision of avoiding one for the present his reasons for this decision were conclusive wayne and smallwood had not yet joined the army the continental troops ordered from peekskill who had been detained for a time by an incursion from new york were approaching and a reinforcement of jersey militia under general dickinson was also expected to these powerful motives against risking an engagement other considerations of great weight were added founded on the condition of his soldiers an army manoeuvring in an open country in the face of a very superior enemy is unavoidably exposed to excessive fatigue and extreme hardship the effect of these hardships was much increased by the privations under which the american troops suffered while in almost continual motion wading deep rivers and encountering every vicissitude of the seasons they were without tents nearly without shoes or winter clothes and often without food a council of war concurred in the opinion the commander-in-chief had formed not to march against the enemy but to allow his harassed troops a few days for repose and to remain on his present ground until the expected reinforcements should arrive immediately after the battle of brandywine the distressed situation of the army had been represented to congress who had recommended it to the executive of pennsylvania to seize the cloths and other military stores in the warehouses of philadelphia and after granting certificates expressing their value to convey them to a place of safety the executive being unwilling to encounter the odium of this strong measure advised that the extraordinary powers of the commander-in-chief should be used on the occasion lieutenant-colonel hamilton one of the general's aides a young gentleman already in high estimation for his talents and zeal was employed on this delicate business your own prudence said the general in a letter to him while in philadelphia will point out the least exceptionable means to be pursued but remember delicacy and a strict adherence to the ordinary mode of application must give place to our necessities we must if possible accommodate the soldiers with such articles as they stand in need of or we shall have just reason to apprehend the most injurious and alarming consequences from the approaching season all the efforts however of this very active officer could not obtain a supply in any degree adequate to the pressing and increasing wants of the army general howe takes possession of philadelphia congress removes to lancaster colonel hamilton was also directed to cause the military stores which had been previously collected to a large amount in philadelphia and the vessels which were lying at the wharves to be removed up the delaware this duty was executed with so much vigilance that very little public property fell with the city into the hands of the british general who entered it on the twenty sixth of september the members of congress separated on the eighteenth in the evening and reassembled at lancaster on the twenty seventh of the same month from the twenty fifth of august when the british army landed at the head of elk until the twenty sixth of september when it entered philadelphia the campaign had been active and the duties of the american general uncommonly arduous the best english writers bestow high encomiums on sir william howe for his military skill and masterly movements during this period at brandywine especially washington is supposed to have been outgeneraled more outgeneraled than in any action during the war if all the operations of this trying period be examined and the means in possession of both be considered the american chief will appear in no respect inferior to his adversary 
or unworthy of the high place assigned to him in the opinions of his countrymen with an army decidedly inferior not only in numbers but in every military requisite except courage in an open country he employed his enemy near thirty days in advancing about sixty miles in this time he fought one general action and though defeated was able to reassemble the same undisciplined unclothed and almost unfed army and the fifth day afterwards again to offer battle when the armies were separated by a storm which involved him in the most distressing circumstances he extricated himself from them and still maintained a respectable and imposing countenance the only advantage he is supposed to have given was at the battle of brandywine and that was produced by the contrariety and uncertainty of the intelligence received a general must be governed by his intelligence and must regulate his measures by his information it is his duty to obtain correct information and among the most valuable traits of a military character is the skill to select those means which will obtain it yet the best selected means are not always successful and in a new army where military talent has not been well tried by the standard of experience the general is peculiarly exposed to the chance of employing not the best instruments in a country too which is covered with wood precise information of the numbers composing different columns is to be gained with difficulty it has been said that the americans do not appear to have made all the use that might be expected of the advantages which the country afforded for harassing and impeding the british army in estimating this objection it ought to be recollected that general smallwood was directed with the militia of maryland and delaware supported by a regiment of continental troops to hang on and harass the rear of the enemy that general maxwell with a select corps consisting of a thousand men was ordered to seize every occasion to annoy him on his march that general wayne with his division was afterwards detached to unite with smallwood and command the whole force collected in the rear which would have been very respectable if the militia did not assemble in the numbers expected or effect the service allotted to them their failure is not attributable to general washington his calls on them had been very early and energetic and the state of his army did not admit of his making larger detachments from it to supply the place they had been designed to fill loud complaints had been made against general maxwell by the officers of his corps and a court was ordered to inquire into his conduct by whom he was acquitted whether that officer omitted to seize the proper occasions to annoy the enemy or the cautious and compact movements of sir william howe afforded none cannot be easily ascertained general washington felt the loss of morgan and wrote pressingly to gates after his success against burgoyne to restore him that officer with his regiment as soon as possible End of chapter eight